Hey everybody, we're here tonight for our Outside the Box talk show and we have a great topic. I can't wait for us to get into it and we have some great guests. Let's bring them in right now. We're going to add uh, Pastor Arthur Sneed. Hey, Pastor, you are muted there. There you go. We can hear you Bless now. your God. How you doing today, sir? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And we also have Miss Ivory Adams. Hey, Ivory, how are you? Hello. How are y'all doing today? We, uh, I'm doing great. And by the looks great. of me, he looks great too. So I was <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have an interesting topic tonight, guys. And so I want to jump in here real quick. But first, Sneed, will you pray for us, man? Yes, sir. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we bless you for our time together on tonight. God, I thank you for the vision as well as for the visionary. I pray your continued blessings upon him, upon his household, his work, his ministry and bless our time on tonight. Oh, God, that we may be a blessing to someone that is listening and watching. We thank you for these things and more in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. All right. So let's jump right in. We're talking about toxic people and toxic relationships. And I when uh, when the subject came to me, I was really excited because I'm of the belief, the real mindset, truly, that there are a lot of folks who are tuning in tonight through all of our various links and, and ways to watch the show that have had some experience dealing with um, different levels of toxicity in their lives, whether it's related to uh, people or the relationship that they are in. And so I wanna explore this topic of uh, toxic relationships and toxic people um, as, uh, as deeply as we can so that we can provide some relief, some comfort, some um, some way out because some folks don't know how to get out of situations that they're in that are toxic. So I want to kick off the conversation uh, and I'll start with you, Pastor. When when you think of the word toxic, just the word itself, what in your mind, uh, what kind of thoughts, ideas, characteristics, uh, emotions, whatever, what's kind of uh, started or ignited in you when you when you think about the word itself, toxic? Uh, that's awesome. Um, man, just having, uh, especially as you said, you know, in a relationship, you know, where it's not positive, uh, it's not healthy, um, where you have uh, contaminants, if you would, that like um, that's poured inside of a person that can stick uh, to an individual, to their heart, to their mind. Um, I think of something that's toxic, uh, something or in a relationship with a person, um, someone that can derail you, uh, right. can prohibit you from being your best, uh, whether it be in a pure state or whether it just be in your normal, natural state, um, life changing and life altering that could lead to your demise. So uh, wow. that's that's what I'll start with. Wow, Ivory, what would you add? I, I, man, I think that <laughs> that that 
that kind of sums it up. But uh, Ari, is there anything you can add that would even kind of open it up even further? Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say uh, kind of along the same lines. I think you say toxic, you're thinking about something that is slowly killing you um, mm. over time. So whether that's killing you physically, killing your dreams, um, killing your will, killing your vision that God's giving you, like toxic, something toxic is killing you over time. So that's what I think about when I think about toxic. You know, when, when you both said that, you you know the thing that, that, um, that uh, came to my mind, uh, don't judge me now, I'm gonna just tell you, don't judge me, but I really like these shows like Snapped and, uh, um, I like them too. Uh, 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 murder for hire, uh, license to kill. So I know a lot of folks uh, would think, man, I know all he do is sit up and probably watch football and basketball sports. No, oxygen and ID, those are my things. Okay, so I watch all of that. And when I was thinking about this, one of the things that came to my mind, even while y'all were talking, was how. Uh, uh, one episode of Snapped one time had this uh, wife who was uh, poisoning her husband by putting antifreeze in his teas and coffees and food. And it used to be such that antifreeze years ago uh, did not have a flavor. And so it was undetectable. I'm about to go somewhere. Mm, I it was Mm -hmm. And only after so many people had been poisoned with antifreeze that they decide then we need to make this have some bitterness in it such that someone who was being exposed to it would be aware that something different was happening to them. And I think that toxicity, uh, as it is sometimes right now, the people don't know that it exists because it doesn't have any flavor in it, because you can't taste it, because you can't smell it. And sometimes people are so good that you can't see it. They're not wow. aware that they have been exposed and are being slowly poisoned by toxicness or toxicity. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. So if then we are in an environment where um, we are able to actually see it because the perpetrator then isn't good enough to disguise him or herself enough. When we look at someone that is toxic, what then uh, need might we be seeing from them? Not what it does to us, but what might we be seeing in them that should give us pause, give us red flags, or suggest to us something ain't necessarily right? Man, this is good. Um, well, first, first, man, I was blessed by all that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was, I was like, what, what, a, what a cash out. You know, like I feel like I need to give an offering. Uh, so, um, man, I, I would say like, and and I think I think you know both of y'all alluded to something pretty powerful. Um, is that there? It can be in disguise, and so. You can have, you know, the, the relationship can start off great. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, lies can be given, 
uh, deceit, you know, not trying to just dive into scriptures and stuff. But, you know, the Bible talks about there are some that would be able to deceive, uh, you know, the very elect of God. You know, right. there are some that can uh, pose themselves as angels of light. So right. in the midst of it, especially if they know whatever you need, know whatever you want or what have you and stuff. And, then, you know, I think, you know, even in that, you know, when sometimes when things are too good to be true with people, it probably ought to be vetted, you know, checked out even the more because especially in the, in the early stages. And of course, you have some of the obvious ones. It's like, you know, you get a person that's controlling, that's manipulative, you know, people that can be you know, to us, it'd be like they're needy or they're leeches, you know, so it's like, you know, whenever. And I also think that sometimes when we feel that we are being altered and adjusted internally, then those are some things that we can look at and stuff, especially if we start trying to make changes and adjustments and then we feel them like bringing us back to another Pushing place. Back, pull back. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's an interesting dynamic because I think that us men, Pastor, we kind of um, we're kind of uh, uh, we tune in a different way, I think, than women do, because I think women have a lot more intuition when it comes. Because I remember there were times early in my marriage where, where my wife would even say, hey, you, you know, just be careful, you know, watch out for this person, blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, they cool. Right. I mean. We have fun together, you know, there ain't no drama, there ain't no drama. But then later on, you find that, man, she had an insight that I just missed. Ivory, what is it about women that sometimes have a different level of intuition about a situation or a person that us men kind of have some difficulty getting? Well, I would say, I think we process things differently. Um, where we're kind of trying to look at the full picture of how a person affects life and everything. So um, something that uh, women are a little bit more focused in on is how does this affect my family as a whole? How does this affect the emotions in my family? How will, how will the kids feel? How will my husband feel? So we're kind of going down the gambit of everybody's feelings and how this new thing affects that. And so sometimes we're looking at a person saying, mm, but they kind of said this and I seen this person kind of reacted like this and I seen they reacted like that. So we're catching little signs and you know, men, y'all on the move, y'all got a mission. Y'all ain't got time to be looking at who made this yeah. face and who did, you know, y'all ain't looking at all that, but we looking at everything. But, so but, but, but let me and ask you, are, are you guys sometimes Oversensitive? Are you? Do you sometimes yes. read more into it than what it is? Yes. Okay. Let me so answer you. Yes. <laughs> um, what I have learned, you know, as a woman, is it's just dangerous to make a lot of assumptions. It's okay. okay to to watch if you feel something. Don't just act on your feelings. Um, stay prayerful. You know, I'm always big on. Pray, see how God feels about a person. If you don't have facts, don't just go around saying, oh, sisters, so-and-so, or somebody's not right if you don't know. Because it could have been something you took out of context. Um, normally, the Holy Spirit ain't backed up them feelings. 
So don't just run with them, you know, because we do have a lot of things we think we're seeing. And then sometimes we get the full story or we get someone's intentions. We find out it's not exactly how we thought it was. Um, so but the intuition, I would say this for women, too, is good on the front end. But a lot of times women will choose to ignore it um, for oh. their own benefit on the back end. Explain so, that. I want you to go so, and explain that a little more. Yeah, I've had a lot of women, you know, they were dating somebody or had a new friend and they could point out everything that was not right about this person those first couple months. Yeah, they're a little bit like this and yeah, I don't really like this. But you talk to them six months later. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He's not like, no, no, it's OK. And you're mm. like. When Yo, did it change? How did well, it change? That was telling you what was right in the beginning, but you've ignored it so long now to get what you want mm -hmm. or to assuage uh, whatever self-esteem or whatever you're going through that you don't feel that feeling anymore. So we good on the front end and they're not good on the back end. And I, I've seen men be opposite. Not mm -hmm. good on the front end, but on the back end, once that person like show them who they are, they like, oh, cut that. Yeah, you know, we still hold known, so it, so it's give and taking there. So, Pastor, I know, uh, I know, as a pastor, and and you have a lot of uh, people who look to you for for counsel and guidance and this, that, and the other. So, if somebody were to come to you and uh, kind of, I, I guess, unveil their story, their situation, to a point where you can see where. Uh, there are toxic behaviors um, within their relationship. How do you guide them to navigate through it? I mean, what would you say if somebody came up to you and say, I need some advice? How do I navigate this? Uh, I mean, kind of what are you what is your process? What are your steps? Uh, that's good. And and even in that, you know, as you know, you you know, we have to be very careful in that because you have people that especially if they're you know if they've been you know single or they just loving this individual or they may not want to see the obvious you may have individuals that may have become numb um as you said you know to the to the toxic uh relationship um then there's some people sadly that would that would actually literally prefer to be in a toxic relationship versus not being one at all exactly so right. so i think like to have a healthy relationship sharing i would share uh strategies that can move them to areas of health uh i would also share small things that they could do because y'all know even if it's obvious or it comes out uh, to get out of a toxic relationship is not easy. Uh, it's not easy emotionally. It's not easy mentally, uh, even spiritually. And so and I, I would share. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many people have have, have went broke, you know, literally bankrupt, filed for yeah. bankruptcy because, you know, before they knew it, you know, they they thousands of dollars and stuff in the hole and so on and so forth. So I think like this sharing steps and strategies that can move both of them to a place of health and then hopefully prayerfully individuals can see, OK, well, if we're not moving in that direction, uh, then maybe there's something there that can become obvious to them. You know, one of the things um, 
one of the things, and, and, and this is not a jab, Ivory, at the female listeners, uh, and okay. you have my female guest. <laughs> but you know, one, one of the things that I've noticed over the course, I've been in ministry 32 years. I think pastor been in there longer than me, but uh, I've been in ministry 32 years and I've, I've learned sometimes when counseling people, they come to you really wanting some answers. But when you get too hard, particularly women, when you press them too hard, they then start making excuses for the misbehavior, the bad behavior by the man based kind of what on Sneed was saying, because sometimes they don't, they'd rather be in the bad relationship. Now, uh, mentally, they want a better relationship. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, they say, I'd rather have something than nothing. And if those words of advice and, and strategies would cause them to, it's just like if me and my wife was in an argument, uh, it's fine because she can forgive me. But if she start telling her mama and them and her daddy and them and her sister and them, they're going to be pissed off at me long after she ain't mad at me no more. Right? And, and, and so sometimes you get in that situation. And so it's hard. So how do you handle a person who comes to you, Ivory, particularly a female, and says, you know, this man, this, this brother ain't treating me right. He ain't doing right. He ain't this, that, and the other. And you start giving sage and wise counsel. And then it's all of a sudden now it's them against you mm. instead of y'all trying to figure it out with them. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah. And I, I think one of the difficult things is, is even in toxic relationships, and I think even more so than healthy relationships, you get in a, a, a protection mode that that level of toxicity it kind of puts you in that person like it's us against the world sure. and so you've kind of gotten this habit of protecting this unhealthy thing because if people really seen what it was if they heard what it was they would judge us they would say we're not supposed to be together so i think there's this period in the beginning once once people figure out what they have is toxic they go into protection mode and wow. they get so used to that protection mode that even when they want help, they're still in protection mode. Wow. And so I know with my friends, I've had to, you know, I'm talking and, and I'm a very blunt upfront person. Like, hey, this is what he's doing. This is what you're doing. This is how you guys are contributing to this mess together. Wow. And when they say, well, no, no. Look, you want some help? Because yeah. you're being defensive. Like, this is about you and your relationship. And if you don't get some truth in here, then this is going nowhere. So I'm normally just, just very blunt. Like, you're used to protecting this, and that's what's gotten you here, is that you guys right. are still protecting what this is. If this doesn't change, you cannot stay together. So stop protecting what it is. Let's figure out how to make it better. So that's normally how I come in advice to, yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I do. So I want to back up just a little bit before we go back further. We're going to back that thing up just a little bit before we go further. And I want to ask you this, uh, Snead. Uh, what, let's see how I'm going to phrase it. Um, what causes a person to become toxic? Mm. Someone that maybe was not always like that. What typically happens to them that creates this toxicity in them? 
Man, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say I would some of the things I would say is I, I think over a period of time that we can grow into that state. Um, and, and it can be such a slow and moderate uh, growth. It can be so undetected that that a person will arrive to this state of being toxic and not even know it. You don't have individuals like Ivory, you know, in your life that's going to be like, say, like you live in foul, you know, or <laughs> right. you're wrong or, you know, or people that can be honest with you, love you enough to be like, hey, like you've changed, you know. And, and you're not changing for the good, you know, like and can share that and show that, you know, um, you know, since pride goes before destruction, part of why haughty spirit goes before a great fall is because when you got individuals that's giving you warning signs, giving you a heads up and you ain't trying to hear it because you so far in it, you know, then then that's that's hard as well. So you can arrive to a place, especially if you don't release things. Uh, mm. Or if you in a if you have a circle <laughs> of toxic individuals, and now you are either fitting in or you're just going along to get along, or you allowing you know their influence or their impartation to now cause you to be a certain way. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to just keep talking about the Bible, but let me just share no. this one more. No, but, no, talk about it. All right, cool. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like you know. So the Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Now, I think we know that evil communication over a period of time can corrupt good character and good morals. But the scripture starts off by saying, be not deceived, because I think we can easily be deceived by ignoring things or thinking things will get better. Think you're not as bad as the next person, and then again, uh, you, you're deceiving, don't even know you're at that place. Wow. Wow. No, definitely. So, I agree. So then, I, I, I like this idea that sometimes we don't, that, that folks can be unaware if they don't have somebody that they trust and somebody who's bold enough to give, I guess, truthful, critical uh, kind of conversations with them. And so um, uh, one of the comments that, that came up, uh, uh, it says that, you know, we can haul baggage from one relationship to another. Um, and I think that that, I, I remember um, Juanita Bynum when uh, she was married to Bishop uh, Thomas, uh, and I can't think of his last name right now, but anyway, when they got married, uh, she had come out of an abusive relationship. And she said that she thought she was healed from that abusive relationship until she got married and she started seeing things that made recollection to her of actions done by the previous guy, even though they were not the same actions in terms of abusive actions, but she would see something and it would trigger her and make her think, and that was uh, uh, Weeks, Bishop Weeks. Uh, and that was the thing that she said she thinks had the greatest impact on why uh, her and Bishop Weeks uh, were not able to be successful is because she brought baggage from one relationship into a new relationship. Uh, Ivory, what do we do to make sure that we don't drag our old stuff into the new stuff 
and create additional problem or create problems when uh, in areas where there are none? How do we release mm -hmm. ourselves from that baggage? Now, well, first I would say you 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 have to get real with yourself. You have to get whole with yourself. Um, sometimes people think it's okay to I'm out of one bad one. I have done no self-reflection, but uh -huh. I'm about to jump into something else. And, and this just, it's not the right way to go. The other thing I would say is when you get in something new and you recognize, hey, I'm doing something old that produced toxic results. And a lot of times you don't know that till later. Um, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. Um, me and my husband, we've been married for nine years now, but we, we met in college. Um, before him, I dated a bunch of people I would have said were toxic people. Um, but looking back, we were toxic together. And I, I'll say why, because they weren't living right. You know, they weren't saved. I was saved. It was a bunch of mess. Right. And I was like, trying to be a fixer. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to make you better. And the uh -oh. fact that you don't want to be better, the fact that you want to live the way you're living, you're a toxic person. But how about we're toxic together? I'm standing over you like God saying what you need to do and be. And you have free will. You can be whatever you want to be. And then I make you feel bad when you're not what I want to be. And then we fight. And then I call you toxic. Sure. <laughs> so. Um. That's a toxic relationship. That wasn't a toxic person. We were toxic together. Um, so I meet my husband and um, he is saved and he has his stuff together. You know, I didn't normally date people with their stuff together. So <laughs> I'm like, so, but I see myself, I'm still doing the same thing, but he, you know, punk. So he, he starts after a while, he really liked me at first, but I seen he started kind of backing up like, uh Oh, uh-oh. Who's she talking to? You know, like, you know, like a man should. Um, and for me, like light bulbs went off. It's you, Ivory. Read a book. Like I start reading books about relationships. Oh no, I ain't I ain't gonna lose the good thing being toxic, not because of me. Um, so I would say when you see signs of that, when you have something good, start reading, start asking for advice, like invest in making yourself better, like. Nothing bad can come from it. So that's my little testimony. I stop. No, no, I appreciate that. Good. So so when so when you can identify, when you have the fortitude to then identify that there are some things going on, I think the first step is self kind of um inventory, self kind of uh reflection, kind of putting uh yourself out there to yourself. One of the things that I um, that I, I say a lot of times is that the biggest enemy of any of us is the inner me, I-N-N-E-R. The, the, the biggest enemy of each of us individually is the inner me, where we don't become real with ourselves about where we are, who we are, how we are, what we are. And, yes. and we're so busy making a portrayal, playing a character, to everybody else that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to improve who we are because we've never been real with who we are. So right. Pastor Steve, what, how do you tell, how do you convince somebody to let the guards down and expose who they really are so that they can improve? 
Man, that's good. Um, man, you should have sent these questions earlier, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> good stuff, though, man. Uh, man, you know, and that, I think that's the challenge is is them dropping their guards. You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I just do not believe that. Now I know we, we, you have we have all we all have a few outliers. Uh, and there's always an exception to the rule. Uh, and, and there's always the, the remnant on, on either side. But I think for the most part, people that are living in that state don't really want to be in that state. OK, I, I think that that eventually that there comes a time when you you can fool around and get tired of yourself. You know, yeah. you get to that point, you know, your own rock bottom, your you know, your own, you know, where you less like, man, I'm I'm not advancing in life because you already know if a person is toxic, toxic and they remain in that state, things, everything around them will will reflect even how they are. Exactly. They're going to contaminate everything. Yeah. So, so hopefully showing that side and how, you know, man, the level of peace you can get, you know, in your mind, you know, within your spirit. You know how wherever you are in life, you can be better. You know, sometimes you have to show people themselves and be like, look at look at all this, the stuff that you are, you know, that you are negatively affecting and influence. And hopefully, you know, it, you can look back and like, man, there was a time when you was like this. Hopefully that, you know, that can be a place where a person like, OK, well, cool, you know, and then hopefully along with that then we can walk with that person through that process because it will be a process. You know, uh, 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 Lady Bright, I think I, I like that. I, I certainly like that thing. Loving yourself will help you pull back the layers. And I do think that some right. people struggle with loving themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also is a recipe for becoming toxic when you don't love yourself, when you don't uh, cherish who you are. And so because you don't like you, you start not liking everybody else, particularly mm -hmm. folks who want to be there for you, help you, and this, that, and the other. So, Ivory, I'm going to ask you, uh, what, uh, how should we handle our own toxic relationships? How do we handle our own? Because now we're not talking about what I would tell somebody else when I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it, I'm in it, and I recognize it, what do I do? So the, the first thing I would say um, is you have to be very clear about where your relationship is with God, just, just in general. Because I would say the, the most hurtful thing is when you have close relationships, they're going wrong, and other human beings actually have pieces of your heart because it's going to make you act out in different ways. Because God said he wants your whole heart, right? Everybody right. else is supposed to be getting the, they're just supposed to be getting the extras, right? The cup is running over, you get the love. Um, so I know something God has been teaching me is, hey, don't don't have little pieces of your heart with your friend over here and, and your family member over here and your husband got this piece. Like, give me your whole heart and then let everyone else get the shine from it. Now, I say that because if God has my whole heart, 
those walls can come down. I'm not as defensive. Oh. I can set healthy boundaries with you without worrying about you leaving me. Because guess what? God has my heart. I don't have to worry about anybody stepping on it, destroying it. You don't have it. But, but, but so let me ask you. Love you. I, I want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I want to interrupt okay. you. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I agree with what you're saying. But here's a, here's a real question based on that. I got it. I'm How listening. many folks, though, are going to really be saying, yeah, God has my heart, but that's my boo. And I, you know, uh, I can touch him. I can smell him. I, I, I can rub him. Uh, I ain't finna risk that. Now, and this is what I say, and the people that I know, and not everybody, everybody's not in, in a healthy marriage, but most True. healthy marriages I see are not dependent on each other, making each other happy or fulfilled all of the time. Those people are getting their primary fulfillment and joy from their relationship with God. Okay. This is an added bonus. So I would even say as I counsel people and talk to people and some people look at my marriage like, wow, it looks like you guys have really figured it out. And I'm like, it's not that we have it figured out. Oh, some crappy stuff happened all the time. But at the end of it, my whole life and fulfillment is not what happened in this moment. You're not making me miserable all week. Life is hard. Marriage can be easy because we're going to keep we're going to laugh. And keep it moving because you know at the end of the day i'm not responsible for ivory's happiness and you know he's not responsible for my happiness and it it releases a weight off of us where we can be honest with each other without fear of destroying each other for the whole week you know there's so many things that go into when we put so much stock into people that doesn't allow us to be happy so to your point i would just say a lot of people say well I'm touching and feeling the one I got, but what's that worth? Y'all miserable. Well, Don't you want to touch and feel on something you could be really happy with? And, <laughs> you know, and, and, just, you know. and so let me let me just put it out here for a practical step. Then <laughs> I, I think Sneed would agree. I would agree. You would agree that if we're going to have any type of success in a relationship, our primary thing has to be vertical. Our vertical relationship has to be intact and operating on all cylinders before our horizontal relationships can be effective in any form or fashion. So if you want to know what is a primary practical step in surviving and dealing with toxicity in your relationship is to make sure that your up and down, your vertical relationship is right. Because if that's strong, if that's healthy, if that's operating on all cylinders, then this thing like this can eventually work out. And so and, I think and that's, I just saying, that's straight. Got to show you your stink because sure. it's not just other people stinking. But when this is straight, got to be like, your stuff don't smell so good either. Don't come to me about that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. And I've, I've said this before um, that early on, uh, me and Tony, uh, my wife, me and her, uh, we had a horrible marriage the first three years. It was awful. All we did was argue. We fussed and we fought and we talked about divorce. Uh, it was awful, right? And I remember her saying, she would say, 
that she used to always be praying on me. God, please help Roy do this. Please help my husband do this. Please fix him like this. And one day she had this epiphany that she needed to quit praying for me and start praying for her. Mm. And she found out when she started praying for her, things started changing. And so the second thing that I'm going to tell you, and, and you guys have both mentioned it, um, but the second kind of practical step in dealing with uh, toxicity in your relationship is you need to make sure that your prayers are about how to develop you. You said something, hey, Ivory, and I want uh, uh, Pastor Need to jump in on this, but you said something earlier. You said uh, that you would be saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. A man does not want some woman telling them how to change. A man is not receptive to a woman telling him, you need to do this, you need to be better at this, you need to do this. If we're just honest, we take offense to that. Steve, would you agree with me? <laughs> hey, my wife ain't looking, is she? she ain't on here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes. I mean, you you know, we be like, man, you nagging, you doing nagging. all that stuff. Yeah. Like, Jesus. You know, and then after a while, you start to sound, they start to sound self-righteous. And then here we go, being defensive. And then we finger pointing. And well, what you did this. Well, what about you? And, I, you know, so, yeah, that, that's that's not healthy. And, and it's not healthy, no. And and as you yeah. were stating, as both of you stated, like man, like going to God is so is so pivotal, you know, uh, because he can. I, I don't I don't know of any other way. Oh Lord, she said she I am said here. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh Lord, Not, <laughs> uh, how we end the broadcast? How we do that? What's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, get, hey, 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 Doc. Next time, give me an easy question, man. I can't, I can't take the more hard questions. But uh, man, I mean, the Lord, the Lord is the one. Now, now, I want to get all spiritual and biblical. Now, huh? Talking about the Lord, uh, but he, he's the one that that can clean us up and clean us out. You know, he's the one that can give us a level of comfort and peace, confidence to come out of a relationship. And then as a result of it, as you mentioned earlier, to then the effects of it, the negative effects of it, uh, the, the residue, the remains from it, then can clean us up and clean us out as well. And then, but you're right, like it's it's nothing like, and I'm not saying it just cause my, my wife, you know, snuck online, you know, I thought she was gonna catch the replay, you know, by then we've been long gone by then. So anyway, <laughs> um, it's, it's nothing like, it is nothing like my wife trying to tell me something a hundred times. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. I do it or whatever. All it takes is for God to tell me. Like, like when he quickened my spirit, when he lets me know, like that goes to a whole nother level because it's one thing for me to, to shy away from what my wife is saying or being delayed in a response that she gives or a request that she gives. But then when it comes from God, I'm, I'm quickened to move immediately so wow that that's powerful and so i think i i, I agree with you there that 100 because it wasn't that because i what i believe happened is that when she stopped on me and started praying about herself i think it's god that then you know circled back to me mm -hmm. and exactly. and dealt with me exactly. because 
then I was able to make changes that I was resistant to. Mm-hmm. Now, when she when she was telling me, mm-hmm. I ain't hearing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm grown. You don't tell me what to do. In fact, I'm the man. Get over there and be quiet. Sit down and be quiet and don't say nothing. Right? That's how you think. But 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 <laughs> when it comes from God, it's a whole nother kind of thing. It, it changes you in a way that you don't have to. Uh, uh, this old guy, this old partner of mine, he used to say, you just come right up on under. You fall right on up under. You just do it because God has said it. But let's be clear. We are giving some great advice to folks who have a real relationship with God. But let's be honest. There are some folks who are listening now or who will listen in the replay who God is not a personal uh, in, in a personal relationship. They're not in a personal relationship with God. And so it sounds good and fluffy to them. But are there some things that they might be able to do that don't force them. I'm trying to figure out how I'm, how I'm say this. Are there some things that they can do before they've made the decision to really embrace God as as the choice in their life? Are there some some steps they can take pre God, if you will, because they're not there yet? Yeah, I, I would say definitely. Uh, um, some things you can do. I think the easiest thing to do is figure out where you're going. Like, what's the next step? What's what's the vision that you have for your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can more clearly identify who's not on that path, who's taking away from that vision, that journey, the things that you want to accomplish. And then the second thing I would say is set very clear and healthy boundaries with all relationships in your life. Okay. Because a lot of people think it's, you know, we have this whole, oh, I'm canceling this person or, oh, I'm kicking this person out of my life or, oh, this person is toxic. And what I've learned, the older I get, when I have very clear, healthy boundaries, and when you step on those boundaries, I check you in love. Hey, Hey, no, that doesn't work here. That, that doesn't work with me. You know, people will exit themselves from your life. I don't have to cancel you. Oh, I don't man. have to say you're not here. You will get so uncomfortable stepping past my boundaries. You'll say, eh, Ivory's not working for me in this season. And I have another thing. Well, if you decide you want to operate within my healthy boundaries, you are welcome to come back in any season. I'm still here. The boundaries will still be the same. Uh, but I'll still be here. Uh, so I would just say, even past the spiritual, know where you're going, know who can go with you, and then set very clear, healthy boundaries and make sure that you hold people to them. I, I like that. Do you have any additional to add? Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, I love the question and, and what has been stated and stuff in a response to it, because I think that uh, this is just me. I think that believers super spiritualize things so much mm-hmm. that we put everything on God as if we don't have any responsibility. So wow. we have a very practical responsibility to, you know, and I, I'll use another word that's similar to what I've stated. I've stated about boundaries and I will say expectations, you know, which I, I think is synonymous, but it's like, hey, let's be clear about what we want. You know, like 
You know, like you said, this this is under the heavens. You know, a marriage may be made in heaven, but it is maintenanced on earth. Yes, so we're gonna have to decide, hey, what are we doing here? I you know, what's your that. goal? What's your what's your drive? What you know, what what are you after in life? And then if we're gonna be together, what are we doing? You know, like let's right. help each other out. If this is yeah. my goal, that's your goal, then shoot. Let, let's not play with it. If we're in a relationship, we need to be partners. You know, let me help you with yours, you help me with mine. You know, so it's a lot of practical things that we can do. You know, like you say, I mean, of course, you know, like dating, you got date night and all this. Other, but what does, what does communication look like? You know, how am I talking to you? How in the world are you talking to me? You know, like how are we engaging each other? What level of, you know, we ought to be able to be cordial, you know? And like I said, I'm, I'm just thinking below the heavens or under the heavens and, and we're practical. But there are some things that we can do in, in relationships and it ain't got to be dating. You know, a lot of toxic relationships, just, you know, my homeboy, my homegirl, you know, that's talking crazy, doing the most, you know. So let me go on. I'm getting kind of. No, I, I, I really I really love that because uh, I think y'all both have kind of hit on something. And, and Sneed, I'm still that. So if you hear if you hear that, that that again, it might be made in heaven, but maintenance here on earth. I, I'm, still, I'm still in that now. So maybe I'm going to need to retire back to you. Uh, I'm going to use that one. But and I think that, that that's kind of where uh, we miss it. I think folks who are engaged in a relationship with God do kind of over spiritualized. It's all in God's hand. Well, hell no. Some of it is in your hands. Some of it is in your hands. And if we not yeah. read about the fact that some of it is in our hands, then it's never going to get fixed. And it, it kind of makes me think about the the uh, the talents thing and the guy went and he just buried all of his and just like, hey, I'm just going to be safe. I'm going to just bury all of mine. Well, what good are you doing? You haven't exactly. added anything. You haven't developed anything. You haven't grown anything if you're going to just bury it all. And so yeah, I love man. it. I, I love it. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. All right. We're on the back end. We're almost done. Got just a few more minutes. And so I want to, I guess, kind of move a little bit and kind of really focus on us individually uh, in terms of myself how I'm gonna start with you, Sneed. This this not this not a hard one, but how do you set good expectations for how do you develop good habits for yourself? What do you do to develop good habits for yourself that doesn't involve anybody else? That's good. Um man, one is is taking the time to invest in yourself in, in this manner. Of, of writing down, like, what, what are my goals? What am I after? What am I doing? Uh, Sometimes, you know, you know, you ain't got to be a pastor, but just in life, you can run and you can go and you can be doing so much and, and you're really not doing anything. So I think discovering that and then also and then discovering a regimen. For me, I need that. I have I have to now be like I need to get up at this time and I need to be at this place at this time. I need to be doing these things because if not, then I'm going to leave too much space to do whatever. And and I trust me. 
You know, so in that regards, and, and when I say I don't trust me, I'm saying in a sense of like, I'm not I'm not going to be proactive. I'm not going to be, you know, I need to look and see. I'm starting to, I'm starting to the night before to start mapping out what I'm going to do or should be doing on the next day. Okay. I'm trying to on on Sunday evenings to see what in the world is going on for that week. And then I can move into the days. And I'm only saying that because, again, kind of like, what can we do? What can we, you know, to kind of come out of it or, or to stay out of it or to be, you know, productive is to do those things. And then anything that does not align with, you know, with our destiny or what we are assigned to do or our regiment, then th those things can't, can't come in because we're always going to have things that's going to try to come in and jock for time and attention and whatever and stuff. It's like, no, like this, this is what I'm assigned to do. This is what I'm doing and, and trying to stay true to that. I would say this one thing about regimen is that you have to be committed. I'm talking to myself. You have to be committed to a regimen without being committed to results. Oh, because I can be committed to results and not a regimen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sneed, that threw a wrench for a lot of people because the only reason to have a regimen in, 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 in mm -hmm. most people's mind is for a specific result. And so when they don't see the result, then they stop the regimen. Yeah. How do you overcome that? How do you how do you make how do you make yeah. yourself be okay with it? without having a results oriented outlook for it. How, how do you do it? Oh my God, that's good, man. Mm. Uh, for me, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm striving to walk in consistently. <laughs> all right. I, I ain't there. But, I'm what, trying to get there. Exactly. What Paul said, I have not apprehended. So <laughs> let me just share that. So one thing is that when I sit down and I'm saying I'm mapping out whatever, when I map it out, I'm knowing that this is what's going to get me to a certain place. So this will get me results. So the results that I may want may, like you said, it may it may not come as quick as I want. I may not see results or what have you and stuff immediately. But if I know this regimen is, is what's going to the regimen will be will breed much more than physical or tangible or visible results. If I can be faithful to a thing, that's discipline. So if I'm disciplined in this thing, my mind is locked in. And so so, again, being committed to the regimen, because I know that, OK, this is what I'm after. This is what I'm going to do. I'm being I'm being productive. And if and then, I, I, of course, we got space and time and stuff to deviate from, you know, sh shifting some things or adding something to what we're doing or pulling back, taking away and stuff, making alterate alterations, adjustments. We all are pivoting. Right. We all making changes, adjustments the last few months in life. Well, be, being flexible in that. And, but then I, I would I would say something that I'm working on is is self is self compassion. So when I miss a day within this regimen, then I'm not going back to, to the theme. I'm not going to be toxic. I'm not going to be a toxic person just because I missed a day of doing what I'm supposed to do. I just need to pick the thing back up and keep it moving. For, yeah. Compassion, forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, Ari, I'm gonna let I'm, I'm gonna let you uh, I'm gonna let you uh, chime in here in a minute. But Snee said something that I think because uh, I remember, uh, and 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 here's another practical step for everybody that's looking about thinking about how you deal with this toxicity in relationships and with people 
and how you deal with yourself. I remember years ago, I um, and I've told this story many times, and it's funny to me now, but I was serious. I, uh, me and my wife had decided we was gonna go to the gym and we was gonna work out. And so we bought, we, we bought, paid this gym membership. And, uh, and, and I said, I'm going all out. Do you understand me? I bought some shorts. I bought uh, some tennis shoes. I got the little headband. I got the little thing I put on my wrist. You understand? Uh, uh, the sweatbands on my wrist. And I was ready. I was locked in. I was loaded. And I went to, uh, to that gym. It was a 24-hour fitness or whatever, and so we could use it at whatever one. But we went, and that first day, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm locked in. I got on that elliptical machine thing, and after about 10 minutes on that elliptical thing, I start feeling a cramp come up in the back of my uh, leg, and I said, hey, hey, and Tony looking around, she, what, what's going on? I said, okay, I'm done. She said, well, why don't you just go sit over there for a minute and, 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 and you know, let it work out. So they had a massage chair. And I went and I sat in that massage chair and, and, and that massage started feeling good. And I started thinking in my mind, man, this chair feels good. Why would I even try getting back on that machine? Here's the point that I'm making. By the way, let me tell you this. I ain't never went back to the gym no more after that. That's not good. That's not good. But I ain't never went back to the gym no more after that. But but here, here's sometimes the process will apply pressure and it's not going to be easy. This is what Amen. I want. The yes. process will apply pressure, pressure, and it won't be easy. But when the process has pressure put on it. If you stick it out, you get to the promise. Yes, sir. There's yes, no sir. promise without the pressure. And the pressure comes through the process, but we give up when it gets hard. Amen. We give up when it gets hard. And I'm not saying that uh, mm. uh, that you'll never want to give up. But like Snee said, you got to forgive yourself for wanting to give up, for attempting to give up, and you got to pick that thing back up and get back going to it again. Ivory, you wanted to jump in on that. Let me let me let me get on to you. Oh well, yeah. I, I think we, um, I was uh, laughing when he said that because I just recently like I've had two kids back to back, so I have a, a three year old and one year old, and um, I just recently lost like twenty pounds. But it wasn't just like. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna lose some weight. I, I've done that before, but lose yeah. five or 10 pounds. This time I, I kind of just changed the way I was thinking about it because sometimes mm. I, I kept thinking there's some magical happiness at a certain weight. Like, mm. oh, you'll get here and then you'll be happy or you'll get here and then you'll feel like this, you know? Uh, wow. But that, that new weight is like a new car, right? I mean, once you're there, and then it's not what you thought or it fades, then you gain the weight back. So this was the first time I said, Ivory, there is no magical weight that will make you happy. Just be healthy. Lose the weight you're supposed wow. to lose. Lose it on the way to being healthy. And don't expect something magical to happen on the way. 
Wow. Being healthy. And it was it's the best results I've gotten since I was young. Just just changing my mind. But anyway, so when you were talking, I was like, yes, that is exactly right. It's not about the results. It trips you up every time. Um, so, yeah. So as I say this in closing and, and we're about to close out and I want to thank both of you guys for being on and providing this great um, conversation about toxic people and toxic relationships. I want to tell you if uh, here's the last kind of practical step that we'll share with everybody directly is I think that you need every one of us, each of us individually, we have to set some expectations as Snead said, as Ivory said, we have to set some ex expectations for ourselves of where we want to go and where we want to do. We have to draw lines in the sand that we don't allow anybody else to cross so that they throw us off what it is that we are trying to do. And if you don't have an expectation for yourself or where you want to go, where you want to be, who you want to be, how you want to be, then you'll never be able to reach it. And so folks will be able, because there's no real expectation on your part, there's no real boundary set on your part. Folks will come in and out of your life and your space and your all of that and never deposit anything but negative. Yeah. And their negativity, their negativity will be what Sneed said, will be pumping in toxicity in a space that it did not exist before. And pretty soon, like they say, it only takes a little bit of cyanide and it spoils everything. Yeah. It wow. kills you. A little bit of cyanide kills. And so you have to guard yourself, but you don't know what to guard if you don't have any expectations about your own self. So get you some goals and don't let nobody, that's your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your cousin, nobody, your friend, don't let anybody stop you from achieving the goals that you have for yourself. Because if you do that, you'll have an edge up on keeping negative and toxic people away from you because they don't want to be around somebody that's doing stuff. And here's, and here's the last thing I'm going to tell you on top of that. Here's the last thing I'm going to tell you on top of that. Folks don't like to be left behind. So either they're going to get on board or they're going to get away so they don't have to see it. But you will have haters and those haters will want to ruin you. But if you set those guidelines, those traps, those um, fences around those expectations, those conditions, they'll never be able to get in. Again, thank you guys for being a part of this panel. Thank you for uh, sharing with all of, uh, all of us who are listening. The, uh, I want to tell you that next week is going to be incredible. We're going to be talking about addiction. And we're going to have two people on who are going to share their story. One as, uh, an, ex, uh, as an alcoholic and one as a uh, pill popper and kind of talk about what their story was and how addiction really changed and altered their life and how they came out of it and what life looks like for them now. So tune in next Tuesday, 7 p.m. We're going to be talking about addiction. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great day. And uh, uh, I hope you you guys will agree to come on again for another subject one day. Yes, yes. All right. no, we'll love it. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.